Hi, I'm Carrie Adams and you're listening to Carrie's Corner. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers, the people who make it happen in the liquor industry around the world. So, let's get sipping. Well, lots of you know Mike Ratcliffe for all manner of reasons, but today I'm chatting to him in his capacity as the chairperson of the Stellenbosch Wine Route, because it's a very auspicious year for us. Stellenbosch Wine Route turns 50. Mike, hi. Welcome to my corner. Hi, Carrie, and hi to everybody out there listening. Thanks so much for making time to join us. I know that you are hectic at the moment. First of all, before we go on to Stellenbosch, because I know it's on everybody's question list, what does the Villa Fonte harvest look like? Well, that's a great question, and I'm very happy to give you a super positive answer. Firstly, it was a, a very slow, cool ripening season, unlike anything we've seen for a long time. And um, we've got some beautiful berries, very small, very intense, concentrated. And believe it or not, um, yields are 30% up. It's a record harvest in my 24-year wow. history at Villafonte. So something to celebrate, I think. And do you ascribe that to all the really good rains that we had or what's the story why do you think it's so up yeah it started in 2020 with a cold winter um even flowering went straight all the way through to uh, bud burst on you name it and and then even january february we still had very moderate temperatures i don't think we had a single day over 40 in our vineyard which mm. is unusual and you know we've been able to reap the benefit it was a bit later than normal but the quality is super delicious well, that is fantastic news. Me, more so than anybody, wants to hear that we've got millions of liters of seriously old dirt because that's my house wine in, in my house in Wentworth Village. And I think it's also everybody else's house wine that comes anywhere close to me because it is just the best blooming value on the block. But more than that, the C and the M. I have to tell you that I drank a bottle of Villafonte M and I'm trying desperately now to search through this old head of mine to remember the vintage it was, but it was around about 13-ish, I think, a baby. about two weeks ago. It was absolutely drop-dead blooming delicious. It almost changed my mind to make it my favorite child. <laughs> The C is my favorite child normally, but the M did a really, really good job of trying to change my mind. Michael, it was gorgeous. It really was. And I told everybody, they said, what does the M stand for? I said, I think it stands for Mike, for Mike Ratcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard Mike, that one enough before. enough of that because we're actually here to speak about Stellenbosch. So, in fact, I interviewed Johan Milan the other day for the anniversary of his bubbly. So, we touched sort of a little bit on the Stellenbosch Wine Route's 50th birthday as well. It's such an amazing wine route. It was one of the first. It does bring in a huge amount of not just joie de vie, lots of money, lots of jobs, lots of everything. When did you become the chairperson of the wine route? I don't remember exactly, but it must be something like three years ago. We've achieved a lot in three years, uh, COVID notwithstanding, but ultimately I'm merely a pinprick on the 50-year history of Stellenbosch, and I know that on behalf of myself and our board, we're fully cognizant that we're standing on the shoulders of giants. Well, in chatting to Johan Milan the other day, as I said, it suddenly occurred to me what a massive debt the whole of South Africa has to pay to people like Johan's 
grandpa and to Neil Jaber, to Spud Sperling. I chatted to Nora the other day as well about something completely different. We are so unbelievably fortunate to have these people around us who are the prodigy of giants, as you say. They honestly did not know what they were doing. Talk about pioneering. How brilliant. How absolutely brilliant. Tell us some of the stories that you must have because your folks were sort of the next generation up. I mean, they weren't one of those sort of cornerstone building bricks of the actual wine industry, but not far off. There must be a million gorgeous stories to tell about knowing nothing and and batting with blindfolds on. Well, you know, I think that one of the common denominators of people that achieve greatness is they're not actually setting out to achieve greatness. They're just setting out to be the best they can. And they, they happen to stumble on greatness. I think that's, that happens a lot. But yes, there are a lot of stories, some of which are probably not um, uh, friendly enough that I can share them on this, on this podcast <laughs> not platform. Not repeatable. But, yeah. um, you know, some of the stories from, from when um, the three founders originally uh, came up with the idea and went to the municipal and government authorities to establish a wine route. You know, the red tape they had to go through was astounding. Um, I believe that even after they actually founded Stellenbosch Wine Roots in 1971, in April, it took a number of years before they were actually granted permission to put signs up outside each winery. He told us that very story. But wasn't it just brilliant Ridiculous. how they managed to get it right? They they got him a little bit drunk and then took him on a tour and said, gosh, I think we're lost. Yeah. No signboard. Well, Don't know where we're going. Well, it's amazing how things go full circle because the signboards that were put up in 1971 are, are probably still the same signboards are up now. And, and that's actually one of the challenges of our current board is, <laughs> is signage. So we're engaging. I have to say we are getting positive feedback from, from the Alan Windys of the world and the Tim Harrises and uh, Ilse van mm. Skulkbergs who run the province. Um, but, yeah, signage is, is, is a challenge. So, Mike, what's the actual, um, aside from being the sort of route map for most tourists that end up find find themselves in in Stellenbosch what is what are the major goals of the Stellenbosch wine route uh, that's a great question so we we actually asked ourselves that question and we went into quite a long strat session a couple of years ago to redefine exactly what we're doing and also to answer the question who cares um, and, mm. and we actually pivoted our, our constitution to refocus Stellenbosch wine routes on socio-economic development to actually treat wine marketing and wine tourism marketing as number two and number three, but ultimately to, to uplift our communities uh, through vineyard worker training or to uh, get uh, people trained into the hospitality sector. And so that has got a big focus for us. It's also a standing agenda item on every single board meeting. It's a, it's a standard that socioeconomic development comes up first. Um, on top of that, for me, it's very, very important that we defend and protect Brand Stellenbosch. Uh, so yes. that's, that's really important. Um, there are, there are numerous case studies around the world of regions that, that have done it well, but also case studies of, of regions that have done it badly. And, and so we're learning from them, but fighting very hard for brand Stellenbosch and not allowing people to steamroll the brand or use it, um, out of context. Mm. And the other one is lobbying and advocacy. You know, we, as a region, we stand together and we, we're happy to stand up and fight against injustice or, or stupidity. These days, stupidity is, is more common than injustice. But um, Stupidity has actually become the biggest melody of the world at this stage of the game. I'm not sure how we all got so stupid so quickly, but we did. 
Well, I've, I've adopted a, a policy that I just assume that at least 50 people, 50% of people I speak to are stupid and then I'm never disappointed. <laughs> and so I'm not getting, I'm not getting, uh, older faster than I need to. Yeah. And, and your blood pressure is staying just intact. Yeah. How do you make money? How does the wine rig make money? Mm, not you. Sorry. Not you uh, personally. We know, we're not going to sort of rape you that quickly. No. Uh, well, look, the Wine Ridge is a non-profit, so that's the first thing. We exist for our members. We are representative of our members. Um, I'm a volunteer. Our board of directors are volunteers. Um, and so if we have excess money, we spend it on furthering the, the goals of, of Stellenbosch Wine Roots. But we are ultimately a, a member-driven, member-funded organization, so we don't need to report to anybody. Um, we are um, – and we are, we are able to, to forge our own identity and forge our own path without – being influenced um, excessively by governmental organizations. Okay, so so you all pay a membership fee to belong to the wine route? Yeah. So okay. uh, Stellenbosch Wine Routes also, um, you know, for the first 47 years had a, had a very clear dual mandate of um, generic uh, development of brand Stellenbosch and the reputation of Stellenbosch wines, but also the clue is in the name of Stellenbosch Wine Route is we have a big tourism mandate to develop the region as a tourism destination. And, and we've also taken enormous strides in that very positive strides in the last two or three years by co-founding another organization in Stellenbosch called Visit Stellenbosch, which is now the official mm-hmm. tourism destination. And, and Stellenbosch Wine Roots is the biggest funder and also the biggest um, constituent body. So we, we've actually packaged our tourism offering into a separate organization which incorporates restaurants, experiences, accommodation, uh, art, municipality, university. Never forget the university. It's huge. It's- There's just such a wealth of it. Well, that was the next thing. I mean, talking about stupid and talking about brand Stellenbosch, I hope that there's something, well, let's put it this way, perhaps your socio and economic development program is going to do or go a long way to changing the reputation that Stellenbosch has amongst many, many South Africans because it's not good. And I do also hope that it's encompassing some kind of education that teaches the youth of today how absolutely important the subject of history is because we can't eradicate the history of South Africa. And I know that it's a bit of a hot topic and nobody wants to talk about it, but that's why we've got media, so that we can address these things, especially bearing in mind this week, if you saw what happened to Cape Town University. We don't really know how or why that happened, but I think that will all come out in the, in the fullness of time. How do we safeguard Stellenbosch, which comes with some rather weird and strange and not always correct or accurate reputation, How do we safeguard it against being completely ravaged in this dreadful, dreadful search to eradicate history altogether? Yeah, that's a great point, and it's something we've spent a lot of time considering. My my personal feeling is that we need to assume the moral high ground. Um, A lot of uh, potential negative comments or negative perceptions about Stellenbosch are are driven by a lack of knowledge, Um, Mm. also perhaps by a lack of sensitivity in the past from the the inhabitants in Stellenbosch to actually acknowledge the perceptions. But it's also yes. uh, in the same way been driven by um, ill-informed, stupid people who have been climbing on the white monopoly capital bandwagon of Bell Pottinger and, and propagating 
um, yeah. you know, ideas that are false. Yeah, it's a big mountain for you to climb. It is. And so I, I go back to my original comment is we need to lead from the front. We need to be humble. Uh, we need to avoid arrogance. We need to drive the moral high ground. Um, mm. and, and that's why I am so passionate about adopting socioeconomic development as the single driver of not just Stellenbosch Wine Route, but also Visit Stellenbosch. The entire tourism community has adopted and is implementing that as, as the number one ahead of tourism marketing and ahead of wine marketing. We also have other opportunities. You know, we, we are seeking to, uh, to reach out to um, other communities, to Gauteng, all around the country. Um, and, and we have wonderful opportunities. And one of the, the best opportunities, which is not yet upon us because of COVID, but the fact that Stellenbosch now has a team in the Premier League and soccer is the number one sport in South Africa mm. and there will be 10 home games a year in Stellenbosch or the Premier League where Kaiser Chiefs and Swallows and Sundowns are all coming to to Stellenbosch. We are going to reach out and embrace. How brilliant because, is that? Because How did you get them into the unifier. league? <laughs> well, That's amazing. Uh, when did that happen? It's uh, They're in their second season now. Um, they, wow. they did pretty well, finished in the top half of the table last year and are in mid-table this year. But, you know, we drew to Kaiser Chiefs in, at the F&B Stadium. Big. And so I, I think sport has always been a great enabler. I know we talk about wine route and celebrating 50 years. But, I mean, ultimately, you need to, you need to reach out. You need to build bridges. Yeah. And we talk about this a lot. Well, we need to unify. And I think that times like this, when we do reflect on 50 years of an amazing tourist body or wine route body, it's a good time to look at how we do come together and make it all a whole lot happier. And sport is a great unifier, let's be dead honest. But when we've played that sport, we can also drink lots of really great wine. And I hope that that's part of your socioeconomic thing that says to the guys all over the world, we do need to drink more wine. I was reading an article the other morning, early, early hours of the morning, I couldn't sleep, and there was an article that came through on my feed that said, during the months of COVID, less wine than ever before has been consumed in the world. We need to change that, Michael. Come on, you can change the world. That's definitely not a fact. I would go so far as to say that's a lot of nonsense. Um, do you think so? Absolutely. I do. I think uh, people are, are drinking more, drinking better. Do you? Um, I think yeah. that with half our country unemployed, I don't think that our country's drinking more. I think that they might be drinking more, but definitely not wine or stuff that you buy in a bottle store. I think a lot of people are making their own stuff and drinking rocket fuel at home in their garage. But uh, that's just that's something else that, that we need to address on a different scale. I think that if it's positioned appropriately and it is treated with the appropriate level of, of humbleness and, on, and recognition of the past, that wine can actually be a great unifier. Because, you know, 90 plus percent of, of South Africa is black and probably 90% plus of the wine industry is white. And so that's a bridge that needs to be crossed. But mm. at the same time, we, we are seeing significantly growing um, wine consumption by, by not just the top end of the black demographic, but across the board. And, and we need to be telling stories. We need to be reaching out. We need to be connecting with people. And wine can be a bridge because you've basically got a common denominator that that you have two parties that love, so that gives people a reason to get together and to connect. 
Wine is a common denominator, and that's what Carrie's Corner is really about. When Alec Hogg and I got together to talk about making a platform for the wine, or for the booze industry really, but largely the wine industry because that's my love. It is a great unifier, and I do think that it's about stories, and I think that that's one of the big things that we need to reach out to all the wineries and say, give us the stories. There's nothing better than a fireside space with a whole bunch of people who don't even know each other. It's been my biggest selling tool ever in my 30 years in retail is to tell stories about product that make them memorable, even if they taste dreadful. So you can actually sell jick in a glass if it has a gorgeous story attached to it. So I think that that's a good place to start. And if you think of it, I can't really think of too many occasions where there's been good wine involved or even wine involved that haven't ended up being really happy occasions. (laughs) And happy is where we need to be, quite frankly. So of the people in the Stellenbosch wine route, I think you've got some 200-odd members at this stage of the game. It's grown enormously since since 1971, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it really has. It started with three, and mm. and even 25 years ago, it was it was still 20 or something. So yes, it has grown. Mm. Um, it has certainly become more inclusive. It has um, recently become very organised, very unified, very structured, and so we can get things done. We can take decisions, we can make decisions, and we can get them done, which is great. And what are the criteria to be a member? What if I've got sort of 500 square meters of Chardonnay in a little patch in front of my house in wherever? Can I be one of your members? Well, going back to what I said earlier about fiercely defending brand Stellenbosch, we we have created rules, and the rules are important. The most basic one is that your wine needs to be wine of origin Stellenbosch. It needs to be grown in Stellenbosch. And the second one, which is – so that rule is, is pretty obvious. The second one, which is more contentious, is that your primary home that you are identified with is in Stellenbosch, which means that if you are a producer in in Robertson, for example, and you are producing masses of uh, big bulk wine sold in in all the supermarkets, and you decide that you want to buy one ton of grapes from Stellenbosch, you can't suddenly become a member of Wine of Origin Stellenbosch. And, And similarly, if you are a massive producer producing tens of thousands of cases in Robertson and you want to set up a tasting room downtown in Stellenbosch, well, you know, we're going to have a few words to say about that. So um, we have legal means and we have a strong opinion. So I hear you and I'm, I'm with you all the way. What about I'm Carrie Adams and I've bought a tiny little small holding and it's just two acres of ground just outside Stellenbosch town and I've planted one acre of Cabernet. Can I be your member? Of course you can. You are pure. All your grapes are from Stellenbosch. Your wine is wine of origin Stellenbosch. It would be awkward if you weren't a member. Yeah, because I think that that's probably going to be one of the hugest things that the Stellenbosch wine route can do in building that drawbridge that we're talking about. Because I think if I was living on a little small holding out near the sort of outskirts of Stellenbosch in those little township-type places – I would want to plant a few vines and become a member of the Stellenbosch wine route and let the tourists come and visit me as well. We welcome anybody that's that's um, uh, producing wine in Stellenbosch, and out, but ultimately you have to contribute. You know? you, you're going to get an invoice and you're going to pay some money yes. to contribute to the greater good. 
And we, as we build brands, Stellenbosch, you know, the, the quality of the wines will go up, the value of the wines will go up, the perception of quality and the perception of value will go up and, um, and demand will go up. So, you know, we're all working towards a greater good. Uh, and, and I think yes. as long as all the members see that the leadership is doing intelligent work on their behalf, um, Stellenbosch wine routes will continue to be, um, very successful. And that does place a burden on, on our board. It certainly places a burden on, on me to continually be, to be seen to be efficient with the funds and intelligent with the, yes. with the approach. And that's yeah. taken very seriously. Yes. The Stellenbosch wine route was the first. And I think to this day is the biggest. Do you think that there are other little wine routes that could, would you reach out to other little wine routes to try and put them in the same direction, grow into something big that, that is for the greater good of all? Because they're not all doing what you're doing, are they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and actually, if you go down to num- point number four on our constitution, it, it uh, says something about leadership. Because we are by definition, the big dog in the room of South African wine. Um, we as a board have adopted a position of leadership. We've also adopted the, uh, a position where any plans that we make, we will open source the research, the documentation to any other wine region so that they can copy us or utilize some of the same information. Um, in the past, there was, there's always been a bit of animosity between Stellenbosch and Franschuk. Yes. And one of the yes. very first things I did was, was, um, reach out a fig leaf and say, guys, that this has got to stop. Franchuk and Stellenbosch are neighbors. We need to be good neighbors. We need to work very closely together. And I believe that that is, that is the case now. So absolutely. Um, we see leadership as, as core to our, um, raison d'etre and we are, we will try to work with any other wine region to ultimately develop the, the size of the pie. Mm. That's so, it's, it's very encouraging to hear, which is why we love chatting to people like you, Mike Ratcliffe, because you are a leader in our wine industry. Last week, I, was it the week before, I received a box that was filled with the most delicious goodies. And a cake. You put all of those things together. Thank you so much. I didn't get a cake. I got little pork pies. I got Ooh. little Dutch Custard tarts. I got Ooh. sourdough breads. I, behave. I got cheese. You did not. It was <laughs> absolutely beautiful. And so I did. It was last week, actually, because this weekend that's just passed, I decided to make a sort of a Stellenbosch picnic in my own garden in Bryanston. And my son and I did that and we tucked into that box. So thank you very, very much for that. It's that kind of thing that really does create that tapestry that joins the Western Cape and Gauteng together because we need that too because we've got lots of money in Gauteng and you've got lots of lovely mm. stuff in the Western Cape. Absolutely. Well, you know, we've, um, we, we had to do a, a, a slight rethink about how we're going to celebrate our 50th birthday because, because of COVID restrictions, ordinarily we'd, we'd throw a party for 10,000 people, um, mm. but, <laughs> but we can't do that. So, so we've decided that we're going to throw um, a party for 365 days, 52 weeks. And starting on the 16th of April, um, the party has started and, and there'll be a massive rollout throughout the year of, of events all around the country, events in Stellenbosch and also setting up a new framework of events going forward, which we'll build on over the next decade, which is, which is super exciting. And then Carrie, there's one other interesting thing. We were t- talking about socioeconomic development. Yes. One of the benchmark programs that we are, are working on 
is actually identifying the fact that there are a lot of people in Stellenbosch and also in the, in the country in general who, who have deep needs. But we also recognize that in Stellenbosch we have a lot of people with a lot of skill, a lot of resources. And we've, uh, we're launching a program called Stellenbosch Mentors, which is literally going to be a mentorship program where we start identifying people in the business community that are starting up small businesses, um, whether it's a, a theater in Kayamandi or a Shisanyama or, or whatever it is, or a small winery or a retail distribution company, and partner mm-hmm. them with, with great leaders, not just from the wine community, but from the business community, the restaurant community. And as far as I'm concerned, that is going to be the, uh, the program which we're throwing everything at that um, I'm going to hang my hat on. I think that's how we can make the most difference. It's not by giving money to people. It's about building people up and developing them so that they can be um, self-sufficient. I think that that is absolutely unbelievable. I had no idea that your socioeconomic development program reached that far. I think that it's such a crucial time in South Africa's history uh, to be spearheading things like this because there are their feelings from both sides always. There's, you know, there's a, a lot of people that are desperately, desperately in need of attention and assistance that is not coming from the government at this stage of the game. And we do all have to put our hands in our pockets and help and share and do whatever we can. And then on the other hand, there's a whole lot of people who are saying, well, gosh, we also didn't have a hell of a lot when we were, you know, being brought up and we had to, take out loans and do this and do that and and also live on baked beans on toast 365 days of the year whilst we were trying to get ourselves up and running. So I think somewhere in the middle, there's an empathy and a compassion that needs to be brought from both sides. And I do feel it from both sides, actually. I think that 80% of the population of South Africa is desperate to try and make all of this work. I think that there's that same 80-20 principle that we keep on hearing in every single walk and sphere of life that we learnt about at school. That 20% who's trying to disrupt it is actually winning at the moment, and we need to make sure that they don't. So things like this that, that the Stellenbosch Wine Route are putting together, which is really done with utmost sincerity, and I'm sure a lot of gravitas behind it as well, is just so incredibly heartwarming. Well done. Well, thank you. Let's, uh, I think um, you can say well done when we've had massive success. Right now we're launching. It's, uh, well, what it's, we it's, need to do is we need to keep on doing updates on conversations just like this with you and me so that we can keep everybody abreast of what's going on because there's so many people that are absolutely in the dark as to the amount of upliftment that is going on within the wine industry that you and I both know about but not the rest of the country necessarily knows about either. So we'll make a date. We'll do a date sort of every six weeks. We want an update. It's going to be a bit like a board meeting where we haul you over on the rack. <laughs> what have you done in the last six weeks, Mike Ratliff? <laughs> Goodness. It's such a treat chatting to you always. You're just a complete breath of fresh air. You're one of our massive jewels in our crown, certainly in our Stellenbosch crown and one of the biggest assets that the industry has. Thank you for spending time on Carrie's Corner, Mike. Thanks, Carrie. And happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday to all of you. Happy birthday to us. (laughs) Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. Bye.